You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We're still telling the story, and today we look at healing, a very unique healing, a healing uh, that is an interruption as Jesus is going to another household to do a miracle. And so we, we get this little interruption and we see that with Jesus, even on the way, there's time to be healed. Now this is a healing that is, if you, if you theologically try to bring structure to it, it kind of defies almost all the different ways in which Jesus heals. Because he doesn't speak, he doesn't touch. He doesn't call someone out. It's a healing by ambush. He gets ambushed on the way. So let's look at the passage in Mark chapter 5. We'll begin reading at verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? <clears throat> but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, you heal in so many different ways. Healing virtue, healing power, the authority that comes with your name, the, the awareness of the presence, all the different ways. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take this and Bring the truths that our heart needs to hear so that we can be freed from our suffering. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Right on. Well, here we go, the setting. Just like last week, as soon as he crosses the lake, there's a large crowd. And this time, 
there's a contrast between the men who approach Jesus. As he goes to the Gerasenes, it's the, the legion demoniac that comes and falls before Jesus and is on his knees and it's asking and imploring Jesus not to torment him. And here we have the ruler of the synagogue who comes and falls at the feet of Jesus and implores Jesus. So here we go. When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, it must be the main means of transportation, boat rides. And so they're going across the lake over and over and over again. We go from the side of the kingdom of darkness, now we come to a side of just a wonderful reception. So there's a large crowd that gathers around the lake and there's Jairus. He sees Jesus, he falls at his feet and he pleads with him earnestly. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. He wants his daughter to live. We've got an emergency 911 situation. And Jesus is who you call. And as Jairus makes his presentation to Jesus, Jesus, without any description of what's going on, doesn't say, and Jesus moved with great compassion, said, let's go. It just says, and so Jesus went with him. Jesus went with him. Here was an urgent need, a little one about to die, and this is the context of which we see Jesus moving uh, to get to our miracle for today. So as he's going, the large crowd continues to follow with him. And they're pressing around him, and uh, everybody wants to be near Jesus. Um, it's kind of like, have you, have you seen a perspective procession of, of a famous person that's going through the area. Everybody wants to get as close as they can to them. Now, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious, but one of the ways in which I, I saw this was uh, we were at Bay Hill Golf Tournament, the Bay Hill Invitational, many years ago. You knew I'd work golf into the message somehow. And here comes Tiger Woods and his entourage. We've been watching several groups of golfers go through, and they had a few fans that were there. But when Tiger came, there was a multitude. And there was police officers, there were all sorts of protection, there was media, photographers, cameras, everything that's going. And, and this is just as he's going from one hole to the next. And it's like, wow. So here Jesus is, the reputation that he is uh, this incredible, gifted prophet, uh, teacher, uh, potential Messiah, uh, as they're still trying to figure out who Jesus is. And they're following, and they're following close, and they're pressing in. And there's a woman. I think that's significant. From a woman, we understand something that maybe we wouldn't understand if it had been a man. A man would probably 
figure out like Zacchaeus and run to a tree and try to climb up to see if he can get. But she just came and she, here she is. And, and she, she had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered under doctor's care, spent everything that she had. She wasn't getting better, she was getting worse. She was desperate. She had faith in the medical community and the medical community couldn't do anything for her. Everything that she tried, lost all her money, she was broke and now she's in worse shape than she had been. So she's broken physically, she's broken financially, she's broken relationally. Because of the nature of her illness, she really wasn't allowed in public. So for her to step outside of her house and to approach Jesus, she was going against religious protocol of the day. She was unclean, she was not allowed to be in public. But this is what desperation does. Once you hear about Jesus and you hear who he is and what he can do, all of a sudden you have to throw social protocol, religious protocol out the door and let your heart's desperate cry cause you to move. So when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him. Hmm. I'm glad Jesus doesn't get startled. Oh, my. You know, I come in the office and Michelle jumps out of her skin probably twice a week. <laughs> and I'm coming from the side. I'm not coming up from behind. But here, she's coming from behind. She thought, if I can touch his cloak, and this is where, you know, some of us raised on the King James Version, don't you just kind of miss that? It's like, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And to me, that expresses something more than just if I touch his clothes. It's like, if I can just get the lowest place on his robe and just touch, I'll be healed. And she had that level of faith the hem of his garment. She heard about Jesus, and we know from Romans that faith comes by hearing, and as we hear and we believe in our heart, then the desperation of our suffering causes us to push through all religious and social protocols, and she comes and makes herself <laughs> close to Jesus so that she can touch. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Hallelujah. Freed from her suffering. See, one of the things that we learn about healing, I think at this point, is that when, when when we have this chronic, ongoing suffering, it, it, it brings something in our spirit, in our heart, of a, a level of desperation that will defy all the obstacles that would in any way get in between us and what we believe is the source of our healing. The key is, is the point 
of contact. The point of contact that she had faith for was touching the hem of his garment. I'm just gonna go ahead and stay with the hem of his garment because I love it. She wants to touch the hem of his garment. And she believes if she touches the hem of his garment, the suffering that she's experienced for 12 years would leave. And that's in her heart. For, for me, one of the things that I look at this when I look at healing is there has to be a place where faith has a fixation. It has a point of what I need to do in order to be healed. We can't heal ourselves, but we have a place where we have faith to believe that if we touch the hem of his garment, we'll be healed. Some, we know Jesus took Peter's mother-in-law by the hand and raised her up. There's, there's the laying on of hands, there's the touch, he touches and, and they're healed. He speaks to the person and, and they're healed. He interrogates blind Bartimaeus, and what do you want? Because, you know, begging brought some income. He, he, he needed to know whether he really wanted his sight because he was gonna lose his occupation his vocation as a beggar, a professional beggar was gonna go out the window if he had his sight. And so it's like, hmm. And so sometimes I think when Jesus comes to us with our, our healing situation, he wants to know, do you really want it? Do you really wanna be whole? You're gonna be without your excuses. You're gonna be without a whole lot of things possibly. Do you really want to be well? Well, in this case, it's a no-brainer because she's suffering every day for 12 years. She wants out of it. So there comes that point of fixation. <laughs> we find it in the New Testament so much so that, they, th that the apostles, Peter, John, they pray over aprons, handkerchiefs. And there's where the whole... Pentecostal reality of having prayer cloths, that you pray and you anoint and you have folks release something, and they take those, and when people receive those with faith, it becomes the fixation point. And they believe that as they touch the hem of the handkerchief, the hem of the apron, that they'll be healed. Now, as soon as somebody can figure everything out about faith, let me know. I don't understand it all, but I do see that there is a, a, a reality here that what you have faith for, what you believe, is often instrumental in your ability to receive the supernatural healing that the Lord has for you. I believe God always wants to heal. That's the core foundation. I always think it's in his heart. He, want, he has good gifts for his kids. He loves his kids. He wants his kids whole. I believe that through and through. Does it always happen? No. Do I understand that? No. But I do understand that we have an adversary, that there is an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. 
and I don't understand all the dynamics, but sometimes I've, I've noticed even in my own life that when I get out from underneath the umbrella of His grace, there's often consequences. And so I, I, I gotta be careful and realize that there is an adversary out there and that there's, there's a way of reality in the spirit realm that sometimes we don't understand. That's why we have to listen to the Lord because the Lord will lead us and guide us into all truth and, and will help us navigate through very difficult situations. But if we're not listening to him, we might just set ourselves up for a real ambush of the negative kind. It's like, okay. Now here's one of the things that's really interesting. We'll get to it in just a second, but I wanna to talk to, to you right now. A lot of times we've had in the body of Christ ministries that pray for someone who is ill, someone who is suffering, and they don't get healed and they say, well, you didn't have enough faith. If you had more faith, you'd be healed. As if somehow it's the equity that's built up inside of us that determines whether God's moves. And they use this story, I think, as, as their proof text. Because here we see the lady had no encounter with the Lord other than she touched the hem of his garment. But a whole lot was going on in her. And Jesus was amazed. It's kind of like the time he's amazed with the centurion and his servant, and he doesn't even enter into the house. And he says he's never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And so there's, there's something about faith, but at other times, it's the faith of the four guys that rip open the roof and, and bring uh, the paralytic down. And Jesus seeing their faith heals him. And it's like, hmm. And then other times, there doesn't seem to be any faith at all in the person that gets healed. And so how do you juggle all of that? Talk with Linda. She'll explain it. <laughs> So here we go. She knows that the bleeding has stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized the power, dunamis, Marcus, dynamite, has been released out of him. So he turns around in the crowd and he asks, who touched my clothes? Of which the disciples are like, are you serious? You know, everybody's pressing against you and you're asking, who touched me? Hmm. But Jesus kept looking. I thought that was really interesting. He knew that there was somebody who touched him and he is looking, turned around, and he is looking to find out who is the one that touched him. Then the woman knowing what had happened to her, not hoping, knowing what had happened to her, that her suffering had ceased. <laughs> Here's what she does. She comes and she falls at his feet. She's trembling with fear, because at this moment, even though she's healed, she could be stoned. 
she could be killed because of the, all the religious violations and social violations that she just went through. And here she is, trembling with fear, and she tells them the whole truth. And I think that's why Peter was listening and told John Mark the story, and we've got it recorded in the Gospel of Mark. 12 years, no money, spent it all on the medical world. And instead of better, she was worse. <clears throat> so here's what Jesus says, oh, love it. Daughter, he identifies her first and foremost as daughter. Mm. That does something to my heart. A lot better than woman, <laughs> daughter, daughter. Your faith has healed you. So there is something about faith, our faith, that can release healing. And it's faith in, in the right person. It's faith in the one who has power, who has virtue, who has dunamis that can be released with a touch. Go in peace. Shalom. Go in arene. Go in the peace the state of wholeness, go and be whole and at rest. Be freed from your suffering. And when I saw that, I can't help but think of Bob Combs and his light be. <laughs> Bob's teaching, he just loved, you know, light be, and it's like, be free of your suffering. And that's where I want to land upon tonight, or today. Still morning. <laughs> Is to land upon what Jesus says. He calls you his son or his daughter today. Hmm. He wants to take whatever size of faith you have. If it's mustard seed, or if it's the the holy desperation of chronic pain and illness and suffering. And he wants you to get a laser focus on whatever you see that represents the hem of his garment, the place where his virtue, his power is released. And then do whatever you need to do to get there because he wants you to know that that faith is enough faith. And he wants you to be free from your suffering. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.